0: A lot is happening. It's an evolving world with what's taking place in Victoria. One man across it is SEN's Chief Football Reporter, Chief Sports Reporter Sam Edmond, who's had a crazy week, a crazy 24 hours, 12 hours, 6 hours, 3 hours, 2 hours, and probably still being crazy right there. Sammy, appreciate your time. What is actually happening right now with COVID over there in Victoria and how it's affecting, in particular, the teams trying to get out of town?
1: Now, great to be with you, Tim. You're right, we've been here before. We've seen this movie, haven't we? So we've all gone back into automatic pilot. That includes the AFL, the players, the teams, and the clubs. And to to know where to start. As we speak, the Western Bulldogs are actually on the track, so thankfully all their players have been cleared uh, of COVID-19 after they were made to isolate and quarantine yesterday. While they're training, the Blues are down at the Marble Stadium drive through getting tested for COVID as well, because they're about to fly out early at 4 o'clock this afternoon for that trip to Sydney. So the AFL looking to get Carlton out early, much like they're doing with Essman, who have been tested. They received notification last night that they will have to leave today as well to get over to Perth early. And then the Hawks, well, they're going to fly out tomorrow for that trip up to Darwin to face Gold Coast at the weekend a day early as well. So the AFL moving really quickly to get those three travelling teams out of the state. then they'll be fearing, obviously, worst-case scenario, why they still can. And I mentioned the Western Bulldogs. They've also got Port Adelaide, who have now been made yeah. to follow their path. They're isolating and testing as well after their commercial flight back from Melbourne to Adelaide. Had some fans on it, of course, that were seated in the areas of the MCG that were later found to have a positive COVID case. So it's absolutely all happening, Goss. And uh, even by COVID standards, it's been pretty hectic and fast-moving.
0: No doubt about that. And it's interesting. They're probably. I was very disappointed in the crowd that uh, didn't show up to the Collingwood-Port Adelaide game, especially with the lead-up to it through the prison bar jumpers, uh, the, the week that Collingwood had had and everything like that. So I was surprised it was only a small crowd, but that may prove to be a blessing in disguise in the end.
1: Well, I might be. I mean, there's a whole host of reasons for that. Of course, the season of Collingwood is having... Um, the fact that viewing habits have, have, have largely changed and, and we're, we're seeing lower attendances right across the board. Now, can, you could ask five different pundits and you get five different responses as to why they're not going seating ticketing, COVID, and those that, that are perhaps just don't feel comfortable going back to the football just again. And, and those uh, opinions would have only been reinforced, obviously, with the events of the last
0: 48 hours. Going to chat with Mike McKenna, the CEO of Optus Stadium as well, because the Dockers, albeit we had pretty wet weather last week, they uh, didn't, get, didn't crack 30,000, which was a bit of a surprise last week in a great game with Buddy Franklin being the star attraction. Uh, look, there seems to be some movement too about umpire abuse as well. I saw your article on SEN.com.au.
1: Yeah, indeed. They had a a CEO's meeting yesterday, did the AFL. It went for much of the day. But a big part of that, and it was raised multiple times, was the AFL threatened to suspend anyone who criticises umpires or approaches them on game day, Goss. So they effectively dialled up the strictness on umpire abuse, pretty much fed up with what uh, the AFL believes to be just the increasing willingness for those to make public comment on the whistleblowers. So the league warned in this meeting yesterday with the uh, 18 CEOs that it was actually willing to ban players, officials and even coaches for commenting on the umpiring. And probably one of the straws that broke the Camels back, of course, was Jason McCartney, the GWS football boss, for that, for that instant halftime of the Giants' uh, round six loss to the Western Bulldogs. We've seen Damien Harbert making comments at uh, halftime at the free kick count on, on primetime television on Channel 7 across the, across the country. We've seen St Kilda Boat coach Brett Ratton wondering whether... It's even worse tackling after uh, Eastside didn't get, in his mind, appropriate uh, reward for their 87 tackles in a recent game as well. So, look, when you go back through it, they're adding up, they're adding up, and the RFL's just had enough of it. And
0: may I say, uh, Carlton considering appealing the Lockie Plowman decision, which uh, saw him uh, the two-week suspension stand for him after going to the tribunal last night.
1: They are indeed. Uh, as we are speaking now, they've got about 10 minutes to formalise that decision before the deadline, but they're giving us serious consideration to this. such was their their anger at the way that hearing played out last night at the AFL tribunal. It went for the better part of two hours and, and for about half an hour before the panel... Um, went away to deliberate. It was bogged down and somewhat heatedly over the classification of whether this could be considered a marking contest. Now, ultimately, the Blues were irritated by the decision of the chair, Ross Howey, and his instruction to those panel members, Richard Loveridge, David Neitz and Wayne Henwood, that the incident, in fact, could not be considered a marking contest and that the panel could only judge it on whether it was a bump or not. So that led to Lockie Ploughman's two-match ban being upheld and now the blues are obviously attempting to uh, argue whether they can uh, appeal on the grounds of an error or more has occurred uh, when it comes to this finding which is the avenue as per the tribunal guidelines so goss if they do it five thousand dollars to appeal they'll get half of that back should they be successful they've got a pretty busy week the blues the team's flying out this afternoon And if Lucky Clowman's successful, he'll join his teammates a little bit later on up there in Sydney.
0: Yeah, it's been a crazy week, mate. I can say since we've been talking, the Herald Sun have just posted a local football club has urged players and supporters to get tested immediately after one of its players returned a positive COVID-19 test from the May 22 game on the weekend at Ormond Park. It was a Ladies' Day event held in the afternoon. So it is a little bit crazy right now. The Moonee Valley Football Club is part of the Essendon District Football League. So It's spreading. It's spreading.
1: Yeah, it is, unfortunately. And uh, what have we got now? 14 cases linked to this cluster. I think about 23 total when you take hotel in. Mm-hmm. So, as the government has said today, they're permitting footy crowds this weekend at the MCG and Docklands. To what level, whether it remains at the 85% or it comes back, we await further decision on. Now, they did say that in Premier James Bellino moments ago that uh, the next 24 hours, absolutely crucial. 301 primary close contacts, 80 of those have tested negatives so far, which is good news. And they haven't, though, all about taking any further action if necessary. So the next 24 hours, absolutely crucial to not just the football, but, of course, uh, our way of life over here in Melbourne.
0: Yeah, 100%. Appreciate your time, Nathan. No, it's been crazy busy. Thanks for taking our call. Funny, guys. Sammy Edmund, SEN's Chief Reporter, Football and All Things f- Sport, here on SEN on The Sporting Goss. So stay safe and follow the protocols, and we look forward to seeing Essendon arrive late this afternoon. This is The Sporting Goss.